Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining me here on the Not By Chance podcast. I'm Tim Thane. I'm the host of, of this podcast. I'm joined today by a special guest, Dr. Dennis Deaton. And he is, uh, I'm excited that he's here today. He's an author of a book that's coming out very soon. I'm going to ask him to tell us a little bit about that. Also, his journey, uh, where he started professionally and, uh, and ultimately ended up in the realm that I'm in, working with youth, helping young people uh, find out who they are and ultimately achieve their potential. I'm really excited about what he's doing. I'm just diving into it a little bit right now. Uh, but we're going to break this podcast up into two sections. This is going to be uh, the first one, and it's going to be the background that uh, for Dennis and, and the company that he started. And the second one will be digging in more into the principles, the true principles that uh, he uses to help people reach their, their potential. So welcome to the show today, Dennis. Thank you for being here. Tim, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. I admire your work, and I really appreciate this opportunity to kind of collaborate and meld our minds a little bit. Yes. I Just looking at your website made me really excited, and, uh, and it's, it's ownityouth.com, just to put that out there right at the outset so people know where they can find you and some of the information that we're going to talk about today. Right. So, yeah, I, I just started to look at that. And by the way, you got some great uh, videos on there. Yes, we uh, know that uh, young people, as they want to learn, they've gotten the habit of really being visually oriented. And we uh, invested a great deal of our uh, startup money in having personally created uh, videos that are interactive, that have sort of a choose-your-own-adventure quality to them they can make a choice of a certain scenario that they're facing and then see how that plays out and so forth so great you know i haven't gotten into the deep into the content yet but just the videos uh kind of introducing some of the concepts on your website i think people if they go there they'll see what kind of quality and effort you put into making that connect to an adolescent so yeah it it made me want it yeah that's the idea it's fun yeah But let's get started. Let's go back in time a little bit, Dennis, because I think you've got a really interesting backstory to to your organization, Own It. And could you share with the audience uh, where you started and what led to the pivot that happened in your career? Okay. Well, professionally, I when I was in high school and people had a career day, I would always put down I wanted to be a dentist. And that had been registered in my mind for quite some time. And I went on and graduated cum laude from Washington University Dental School in 1975. I went to my wife's hometown, uh, practiced dentistry in Price, Utah, uh, for 13 years, as it turned out. Mm. Uh, But as I was in the practice of dentistry, and I loved dentistry because I got to work with my mind and I got to work with my hands both of which were always compelling, uh, attractive forces for me. And you also have to have some skill in terms of working with people. And so I thought it was a great combination of challenges that to base your profession on. Yeah. As I got into the profession, I started going to practice management seminars and technical seminars, and I'd be interacting with some of my old cat classmates and a lot of dentists, and I saw a lot of very unhappy people. Hmm. 
And on top of that, if you went to the statistics, you could see back in the 70s that the dental profession was leading all other professions in some very inauspicious categories, depression, uh, suicide, divorce, alcoholism, and so forth. And I couldn't figure it out because we had all the autonomy in the world. If you wanted to make a little bit more money, you could stay open on Saturdays. If you wanted to cut back, you could do that. You could hire and fire who you want. And so I started thinking about, as I'd go to some practice management seminars, there needs to be a component here that talks about your thought processes. Mm. For quite some time, I had been involved in reading, uh, being a student of the scriptures in the ch- of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and also uh, quite a fan of Napoleon Hill and his mastermind concepts, mm-hmm. and the idea that any vividly visualized goal will start to generate ideas in your mind that lead you to the actions you need to take in order to achieve that goal. So I started creating some seminars with kind of a dental slant to those to teach these people that they uh, that depression can be, yes, a chemical imbalance. And I know it's a very complex subject, and I know you have a lot of professionals that you collaborate with and listen to your bugs. So I'm not saying that I'm a dep- uh, an authority on depression. But I do know that there are lines of thinking that you can put yourself into that essentially can be recognized and uh, and you can, with some discipline and some effort, uh, alter those. I became a big fan of Jeffrey Schwartz and his work with OCD, uh, the book The Mind and the Brain, with, that was collaborated with Sharon Begley as a co-author, uh, still a book I read with some frequency. And so I, I started sending out brochures along with a a colleague, a good friend of mine, uh, the co-founder of what became at first called Mind Masters Institute, and eventually has uh, evolved into uh, Cuma Learning Systems. Uh, His name is Reese Bodden, a very great friend of mine and and a tremendous leader. And so we founded this company and started teaching dentist practice management. But as uh, sort of a uh, surprising offshoot, dentists have friends. I know some of you will doubt that. <laughs> uh, and they had companies, and we started getting calls from uh, people whose their dentist friend had gone to the dental seminar and had call us up and say, we don't need the dental practice management part, but we really like your mind management stuff, and you mm. could come in and teach our company. And that evolved into uh, the first Fortune 500 company that we we taught was uh, DuPont, and then it snowballed from there. And uh, at, uh, after 13 years, actually, I'd been practicing dentistry and teaching seminars, these professional seminars, for about five years concurrently. I could just see where this was all leading, plus some pretty strong revelations yeah. in answer to prayer. I could see that dentistry was a stepping stone and that what I really needed to be doing was teaching these mind management principles to every person who had would listen to them. You know, I, I uh, Roxanne, my wife, has you you met each other before you and I met today, and uh, she she came home really enthused after meeting you because she she saw someone there in you that had a mission that felt really compelled. <clears throat> to to bring uh, these true principles to people and to to do that and you know that that really resonates with us when someone's driven by a mission that there's there's a purpose and 
So well, I, I've got, I think I've got the story I need to tell you to back that statement up. Let's hear it. Yeah. I wasn't going to tell, I don't tell it to many people, but I'm really feeling a strong prompting that this needs to be mentioned in this podcast. Uh, there came a point where uh, Reese and I were putting money into this seminar, but it wasn't really making any significant reasonable money. We'd blown through a pretty good chunk of our retirements at that point. And one day in the dental office, uh, as I was just having a little break for a moment, I just thought in my mind, this is kind of ridiculous. We're spending this kind of time, this kind of money. We both got wonderful professions. Uh, this is going to take a lot of time away from us. Uh, you know, I'm just going to go down after work, and I'm going to tell Reese, you know, I think we ought to pull the plug and quit. Mm. So in my mind, I quit. <clears throat> uh, somewhere later on in the day, my front office person came back and said, Dennis, there's a man that wants to talk to you. And uh, he's from Dothan, Alabama. And I had no idea in the world where Dothan, Alabama was uh, and uh, who would be calling me from there. I got on the phone and the gentleman said his name was Jeff Bishop and he was a pretty prominent person in the carpet cleaning and restoration business. And that he every year would, as a gesture to his community and to build his business, he would bring in a, a world-class motivational speaker, mm. which I didn't put myself in that category at that point. But, uh, he, uh, and he says, I, I send out invitations, I invite the government, governors, people from legislature, and I put them all in a, in a auditorium, and, uh, and I feed him a great lunch, and it's really high quality, and then we put him in the auditorium, have a keynote speaker deliver a speech, and he says, it's really been a business builder, and I heard you speak at a convention that I had spoken, he says, I, I think you're the person that could do it this year. Are you available on such and such a date? And obviously, the story was exactly right. There was nothing on our calendar, so, <laughs> so I had a properly lengthened pause, and then finally said, yeah, I happen to be available that day. And then he asked, well, what do you charge? And so I thought I'd throw out a, thought that I, a price that I thought was a little bit on the very high side, and he said, fine. So I went down after work to Reese's office and said, Reese, we got a gig! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're back in business. Yeah, we're, we, we maybe this thing might fly after all. So uh, when I got to Dothan, Jeff Bishop had lived up to his billing. He had packed an auditorium. He provided lunch. There were a lot of prominent people in that area there. And I remember being standing off, side, off screen, off the side of the stage, I'm trying to say, and he gave me a very generous introduction, and I'm going, how oh, in the world am I going to live up to this and impress this auditorium of people? And so I walked out onto the stage and to a, you know, the ovation always precedes the speaker and opened my mouth and started to speak. And like it promises in the Doctrine of Covenants, open your mouth and I'll help you fill it. And I just had this warm, powerful uh, expression of the Spirit come over me, and I spoke, I think, for 45 minutes, maybe an hour, I don't remember much of what I said. When I said, came to the conclusion of that uh, presentation, the audience just erupted. They jumped to their feet. They were cheering. There were people with tears in their eyes, and they were clapping. Mm. And I'm as amazed as anybody at that. And then Jeff Bishop came out after that. It kind of died down a bit. And he said, Dennis, we want to just thank you for this. And... We want to leave you with a little token that you'll always remember Dothan by. Do you know what Dothan's famous for? And there was no internet back then. I hadn't done any research. And mm -hmm. I said, Jeff, I have to tell you, I do not know. 
he said, we're known as the peanut capital of the world. And then he handed me a little four by four by four silver box with a nice purple ribbon on it, and I opened it up, and inside it was a sterling silver peanut. <laughs> it's about four inches long, two inches high, and it's the most cherished earthly possession other than my wedding ring that I own. Because as I looked in that box and saw that peanut, I heard a voice in my left ear. I'm pretty sure it was the Lord. And he said, well, you might work for peanuts, but it's what I want you to do. And so that's when I knew I was leaving dentistry. Mm. And uh, I have <clears throat> had an amazing career in in professional uh, corporate education. That's amazing. Dennis, what I love about that, and I hope uh, it comes through in this podcast, uh, like it is being here and sitting here with you, talking about it, is that you have uh, followed multiple times um, impressions, uh, whether people see that as, as some kind of prompting from the Lord, from God, from the Great Spirit, whatever they might see, uh, but you've you've trusted in that, yes, and have have followed that, and so it, it, you've been kind of driven for a very long time to to follow that that uh, prompting, yes. So maybe as we close this segment, could you? share with the audience um, I, I don't know if you have some ideas for the audience on as they're on their path yeah and what might help them find it or or find passion in it what would you say to those people listening uh, I would very much like everybody to know that we have our own thoughts we are innately uh, un uh, independent, uh, self-governing thinkers of thoughts. Uh, that makes us choosers. But here's the other really key element of all of this, is we are not alone in our heads. Anybody who's a Latter-day Saint or a faithful Christian, they know that the Spirit will speak to you. It's called a still, small voice. You don't hear it audibly, but it comes to you as an impression, a thought in your head that your thoughts, you, the thinker of thoughts, can respond to that. You, you, you can act on that impression, or you can question it. But usually you're questioning it because there's a third voice that's not wanting you to hearken to the prompting voice, and that's the voice of the adversary. You can call him whatever you want. You can call him the devil. You can call him Satan. Uh, one time I called him a spook. In my seminars, I've taught people to call him scam, because a scam is a uh, strategy, stratagem to try to rob you of your wealth. And spiritually and temporally, uh, that voice is trying to impede you from reaching your potential. It constantly wants you to doubt. We talk about the skeptic within. People will talk about they have to outrun their devils, but they think of that not as literally as I think they ought to. And when you can start to distinguish 
between those other two voices so that you know which one to reject. And anything that tears you down, that makes you doubt your worth as a human being, your value to, to what you could contribute in life, that is not coming from you or it's not coming from your, your Heavenly Father or your Savior. That is your adversary. And if you set a lofty dream, if you think you can become a, if you, you can go from being a podunk dentist in a podunk uh, county in a podunk state, all, ap all apologies to Price, Utah, <laughs> there, to become a nationally known corporate educator, uh, I say you can do just about anything you set your mind to. And if you have these tremendous doubts that come into your mind, and I, I didn't have at first credibility gaps, I had credibility canyons to think, you, you know, the only credential I had is that I could fill teeth, and I'm going to go in to talk to the, the chairman of the board of Allied Signal and tell him I need to train all those people. It's just not going to make his day, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But whenever the adversary is telling you can't do something, it's a backdoor confirmation that you can. If you couldn't, and he would know that, he wouldn't tell you you couldn't because he wouldn't have to. He'd just let you try to do it and fall flat on your face, and he'd stand by laughing at your failure. The fact that he takes the time to try to tell you that you can is a backdoor statement that you can. And he wouldn't tell you if you that you can't. Did I say that right? I get it backwards. Yeah, it's a backdoor yeah. statement that you can because he wouldn't tell you that you can't if you couldn't. Right. I love it. And I want to teach that to youth. Mm -hmm. Our young people need to know that. Yeah. If I had known a tenth of what I know now, my youth would have been so different. I I had an inferiority complex the size of Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is such a powerful point that I, I think everyone out there can – can apply that and listen for it and and uh, follow it. See what happens because I think that the proof is in the the pudding of the actual taking those steps of of faith, ex accepting it, moving forward, and seeing where that goes. So this has been great, a great introduction to to what we're going to talk about in our next podcast. And so thank you so much for being here on this, and we will cut now and come back with the second half. Tim, thank you for this privilege. You bet. <laughs> <laughs>